comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Episode number 33, and if you're a Rolling Rock drinker, that's a special number to you. But if you're not, that's okay too, not a big deal. Uh, we are here tonight uh, to talk about the latest in DC TV, and that, this week that means the season finale of iZombie. Uh, a lot of, uh, wow, <laughs> what a finale it was too. Um, and we're also going to be talking this week about uh, the Justice League, uh, Gods and Monsters, uh, preview web cartoons uh, that were on Machinima uh, leading up to the Justice League Gods and Monsters uh, animated film, uh, Return of Bruce Tim to um, the Justice League in animation. But yeah. an entirely new take, you know, um, definitely something we really haven't seen before. But anyway, uh, joining me on this uh, road down DCTV is the Supermax spokesmodel, Mr. Daryl Taylor. And boy, are my arms tired. Get it? <laughs> no, I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yet uh, it's an old vaudeville joke. <laughs> <laughs> that's like half of an old vaudeville joke. That I know, I know. <laughs> like because it goes with me not telling the jokes right, and then Donnie comes in and then he, and he fixes the joke for you. Yeah. <laughs> because he wanted to see time fly. We're just gonna throw out like random. Exactly. Cheesy punchlines until somebody <laughs> until somebody laughs or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, Lieutenant Suzuki's personal tailor, he's going to have trouble fixing that hole in his leg. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Richard the <laughs> Chub Toad Sheldon. How are you doing, sir? Am I going to need a safe word? <laughs> man, this this finale, man, uh, the iZombie finale, episode 13, of course, for season one. It seemed like they, they spent like the first half hour just kind of putting things in place, and then like the last half hour, which is like the the, the you know the solid crap hitting the rotary oscillator. You know what I mean? Yeah, I felt at the beginning, I was kind of like, is this going to be that good of a season finale? And then it was like, all right, here we go, pedal to the floor, we're we're going all the way. Yeah, it was no joke. It it well, I expect I expect very terrible and effed up things to happen because that's what they. The creators love to do to the audience um, with their previous shows. So I expected it to be bad, but I didn't expect it to be this effed up. Yeah, it was interesting the way it all played out, too. But it just, like the first half of this, they spent a lot of time with that whole Cameron subplot mm-hmm. from the last episode yeah. with the punk man yep. and the ass hats and stuff. And then uh, Liv eating the brain of that kind of snarky girl that got killed with the pool balls. Um so they didn't really go as in depth into that uh, girl's like 
psyche or whatever like they do on some of the other episodes. You know no, what I mean? they kind of ignored it, really. But they, I mean, other than you know, Liv being kind of bitchy every once in a while or kind of sarcastic, they really didn't go that deep into it. But considering everything that was going on in this uh, you know episode, that probably would have been a distraction. I almost think. Yeah, she was already snarky. I liked Ravi's explanation of the billiard balls in the game called Snooker. That was interesting. Right, Snooker, unlike in your game called Pool, which requires no skill whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was pretty pretty good stuff. Well, to to wrap all that up, Cameron it turns out that the uh, poor Teresa was murdered by Cameron, who uh, you know, the other member of the band, who lo and behold has the hard drive with the um, memo from the Max Rager people knowing showing that they knew about the side effects of their Max Rager energy drink, and that could possibly turn people into zombies. But Cameron uh, tries to sell it, uh, sells it, um, the hard drive to uh, the red-headed woman who works for the head of Max Ranger. can't remember that character's name, but uh, she kind of looks like uh, Jessica Chastain. Uh, he gets a big sack full of money, tries to take a, a bus to the border, but then gets stopped at the Canadian border and sent back to Seattle, um, where he tells Liv and... Uh, and, and Clive, that you know, he, he wants protection, and uh, Clive's like, no, I'll tell you what, we'll just set you back out, and these people that are trying to kill you and try to blow up your car and stuff and uh, all that good things, so we'll just let them find you. So Cameron spills the beans, he says he has the, the hard drive, uh, he gives it up, and then Liv immediately leaks it to the press. Except for it's probably not the last we'll see of Max Rager and Steven Weber. No, in fact, oh, Steven hell Weber no. has a meeting with his new head scientist, because... We get to see a video of what happened to his old head scientist. He got eaten by one of the subjects. <laughs> yeah. He said head scientist. He doesn't have much of a head left. Now. You know. I, I, I like the, the, the look of absolute um, uh, curiosity mixed with absolute terror on that new scientist's face. <laughs> right. <laughs> Watch it. like, uh, this is awesome. Yet at the same time, that could end up being me. <laughs> Here's some and the disinterest, well, well, the disinterest of the other guy... Uh, the head of the company, he just didn't even care, didn't even flinch. Nope, he was still, he focused on the new Supermax, which yeah. people to totally go without sleep. Right, he's a CEO, they don't care about people, just numbers. Yeah. I knew that. I like how he has all those trees cut down and arranged in his office so he can meditate. Yeah. The trees in his office that have been cut down. But anyway, yeah, that's the uh, secret plan of Max Rager is to move on to their new formula, Supermax. Somebody better tell Donnie Salvo about this. Um, if, or not. You can drink it and never have to sleep. Uh, mm. Of course, it has the unfortunate side effect of causing you know people want to want to eat other people's brains. Is that really a bad thing, though? I kind of think that's a downside, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. You don't know they might taste good. They don't want to be called zombies. They want to be called the, the living impaired. Uh, meanwhile, over at the Meet Cute, uh, Major... Uh, still has not spilled the beans on where the brains, the astronaut brains are. They have locked him in the meat cooler. Blaine goes or, uh, about uh, messing with him a whole bunch of different ways. Uh, first of all, he comes in and you know, tells him stories about how you know, the Nazis kept people alive for weeks in the meat cooler. So, you know, it could, could take days or weeks for him to die. Then he comes in with a bowl of soup for him and tries to trick him into eating brains. Uh... Of course, he you know, spits it out, throws it on the floor, and then finally he leaves one of his uh, the the boys from his shelter, who's been debrained, uh, hanging from a meat hook, 
in this mm-hmm. in the uh, cooler with Major. That was so dumb, though. They get, why would you eat something from people? If you know that they're freaking zombies. I, because and, he's Major and he's an idiot. He can kill him though. He can pretty. He can kill him pretty well. Well, he you know he had his YouTube uh, training videos. He's a good Terminator. Uh, Major comes up with a plan by uh, looting the uh, the shelter boy's pockets. He finds a lighter, and he sets fire inside the meat locker. And here's the funny part: the guy who had his throat um, pierced by Blaine a couple episodes ago for losing the brains. He's the one who sees the fire, and he tries to yell fire, but he can't because Blaine pierced his throat. <laughs> Irony like, much. It's like, fire, fire. <laughs> and you can barely hear it, and then he goes in to, to you know, see what's going on, and Major takes him out. Uh, Major then, you know, sneaks out of the meat cute, and instead of getting the hell out of there and as far away from there as he possibly could, because he already set the place on fire, he goes like into... Like a smart his, person. He goes into his car, he opens up the, the panel in the... Uh, the uh, payload door, and lo and behold, here are all the guns and, and ammunition and grenades that he bought uh, from this guy, the shady guy, a couple episodes ago. So as uh, Der Commissar, by after the fire plays in the background, he goes in and shoots the place up, kind of taxi driver style, takes out his goons, um, and uh, it's funny the 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 female, the chef, uh, the the woman is like, you know, please, I'm only a chef. He 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 forced me into this, blah blah blah, and then tries to take a stab at him, and he blows her away yeah. too. She was never a zombie, right? I don't uh, know. Think I don't know. So I didn't think she was, but I'm not sure. I guess it doesn't matter because now she's you know, yeah, lumber, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, as Major is uh, doing all this dirty work, he gets gutted by Blaine with a knife from behind, and Blaine leaves him to kind of bleed out or whatever. But as he's doing this, uh, while Major's in the meat, meat locker, uh, Major's phone rings and it's Liv, and Liv is worried about him because Robbie hasn't seen him for a couple of days, so she calls. Uh, he realizes the connection between her and Major and realizes that she probably has the brains and offers to swap Major for the brains at an undisclosed location. It looked like, you know, a parking lot or something. But it turns out uh, he pulls a fast one, gets the astronaut brains from her, but leaves her a guy who is not Major. You know, I think the brain did affect her, that, that girl, that teenager, because she made a lot of dumb decisions. In this exactly, because, yeah. I mean, I was kind of surprised that she didn't at least, you know, tell him to put the hood down. Run- yeah, take the hood down, something like that. Yeah. So you at least see who it was, you know, yeah. because she, until after Blaine leaves with the astronaut brains, that uh, she pulls the hoodie back to see that it's not Major, and the Major is still being held by Blaine and friends. Blaine stabs Major. Major is bleeding out on the floor, and in walks Liv. You know, Blaine starts going in this monologue about, hey, you know, this city needs me from saving it from the zombie apocalypse. I'm just, you know, and if you, you know, you kill me a big deal, I'll just come back and I'll do it all over again. You kill all my guys, I'll just make new, uh, you know, new, new goons. You know, I'll make a new, new henchman or whatever. You can't stop me. And Liv, who earlier in the episode was given two doses of Zonkir by Ravi, and he doesn't have enough utopium to make another, very, you know, another or whatever, and he's not even sure if it's, it's going to work, but he does have two doses worth. She pulls out one of the doses and stabs Blaine with it in the leg, and shoots him up with the cure, and cures him of being a zombie. Now, here's the only thing with that is, you know, he's like, basically given this speech that he can start anew, and yes, you think, 
I guess that that could stop him by making him human again. But couldn't he just turn around and take a drop of blood from one of his zombies or something and turn himself back? He can, unless we discover next week that it doesn't work on him again. We don't. I mean, right. unless we or discover it, next season that it doesn't doesn't work that way. I mean, on the him cure, yeah, the cure could be permanent for all we know. Ah, you know uh, I mean? true. true. You know, you build up an immunity. It might not. If it's an infection, it might. He might have a. You know. Right. 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 Or right. Even if it's a chemical reaction, if it's an enzyme that makes it, you know, um, you know, like an inert uh, thing, you know, that doesn't cause him to be a zombie anymore. You know, it depends mm-hmm. either way. You know. Yeah, could be. But Blaine is kind of, is gut shot, and now that he's no no longer a zombie, he is bleeding out now, and he runs the hell away. This is also, by the way, when Blaine exposes to Major that Liv is a zombie. Yes, he does. Blaine's like, "Oh, you don't know." And he laughs at the irony. He's like, yeah. he's like, dude, you're about to get hit by the mega dose of irony before you go. Nice little stab before he leaves. Yep. Cause she should have told him. It's just, it's just funny that I, you know, she used the cure on Blaine like the most hated person as a weapon, you know. Uh huh. Because you know he liked being a zombie. It was. Oh, he loved it. His kind of thing. So uh, Major is bleeding out, and he's going to die unless. Um, with something, so she does something. She scratches him with her fingernail along the throat and makes him a zombie. Selfish again. Yep. Selfish as she saved his life. Well, he didn't want it. He didn't. He didn't want it. You know, and I mean, I, she wasn't thinking rationally at that point. She still has that girl's brains in her system. You know, and anybody that's losing somebody they care about is not thinking rationally at the moment. Well, all you of know, this was and, her fault. All of the, all of this well, because yes. of her selfishness because she didn't she didn't trust him. I mean, she knew he was going to love her regardless, but she didn't give him the option. She wanted to only be with him in the way that she wanted to be with him. Right. Well, and again, like I said, she wasn't being rational because if she had been, she would have stopped for a second. This is a guy who for the last couple of days since he discovered zombies are a real thing has vowed to rid the earth of zombies and showed a hatred for zombies. And so making him into one is probably not, you know, the best idea. But obviously she was being selfish as we learned towards the end. It's Iris West syndrome. Yep. (laughs) There's a whole scene when uh, Major wakes up and he realizes that now he's a zombie, and uh, he's not happy about it. You know? No, no. And he tells you know, when you know he realizes that you know Liv has been a zombie ever since the party on the boat, and that was why everything changed in her life, and that's why she mm-hmm. shut him out. And you know, Liv tries to explain, but he's not having it. He's he's pretty pretty pissed. But I have to ask you the question to both of you because I know what my answer would be is somebody you're dying. Somebody mm-hmm. doesn't give you a choice and turns you into a into a zombie, and you continue to live. Are you are you upset or are you not? I'd probably be upset at first. If I didn't know, if I didn't know she had a cure, yeah, I'd be upset yeah. after thinking about it. You know, because See, you're I, stuck in this life. You you're stuck eating the. Br- I mean, that's a that's a thing. That's that's like. In a way, we have to think of uh, zombieism. In in a way, it is like having a uh, it's ha- like having HIV. 
like a sexually transmitted disease. Like you can't exchange fluids. You can't, you know, there, there are some limitations. Like it, it, you might not have to, you have to take medications for the rest of you. Like it's a, it's a life changing thing. You can only date people that have it. Yeah. It's just like, it's a life changing experience. And to, but somebody is dying though. I mean, it like, is, but that's sometimes the ultimate life changing. I, I, I don't know. Part of me would would be. I mean, I I'd be know. confused and probably a little upset trying to figure things out. But at the same time, I'd be like, you know what? I get to watch the next season of Flash. I'm not dead. You know, that's <laughs> true. But I mean, you have to but, go by the person. I mean, and that, but I mean, and, plus all this is happening to him now. Like it yeah. all just happened to him. It's right, all, yeah. right, still right. sinking in, and he he, now he's going back and realizing that you know. You know, she let me think I was crazy. She let me check myself into a mental institution That's rather, stuff that rather that than tell me, just... you know, yeah. rather than tell me her secret or trust me with this kind of thing. You know, that that kind of thing, you know, would would nag at me for a while. He went yeah, on a dark spiral. Because yeah. he went on a dark spiral and made a lot of dumb decisions because he did not have all the information. You know, a lot of the he lost his job. All all of this stuff happened because he didn't have any information about this whole thing, and she knew, and she watched him do it because she didn't want to tell him because of her, not because it was better for him to know. And he probably would have dealt with. They probably would have could have teamed up and dealt with this ish this thing with Blaine a lot better. But Clive doesn't know either, and he's not making rash, stupid decisions, and he seems to be okay. Clive's a cop. <laughs> Clive's a cop. He's been he's he's been through it. He's a he's a police officer that's been through a bunch of stuff. He's he's been a cop for a while. It's a different situation, and I think even him, he would be pissed that oh, all I the know stuff is going pissed. on. All I'm just saying is- he's he he was in the same dark. dark darkness that uh majors in as far as all of this going on and he wasn't out making rash stupid decisions yeah but Clyde, just saying well, and he's a cop you know major has a yeah, master's but, degree in psychology or whatever the heck yeah but hold up hold up calm, hold up but clive's partners are not dying his children these these kids that he is mentoring are disappearing and being murdered he knows they're being murdered, and now he knows more than likely that this guy's been doing that. These are people getting killed. These are kids that well, he knows. And I killed. understand that. So I'm throw saying, in. You can't blame it all on Liv, because let's go back to just the information at the beginning that Major had. He's mentoring this group of children, and they're disappearing. Okay? Mm-hmm. Let's say that that we know nothing about zombieism. Zombieism doesn't even exist. This whole I zombie premise doesn't even exist. Do you as a social worker go on your own rogue missions to go find the people that are kidnapping these children? Forget the zombie stuff. That's just dumb decisions. Anyway, that had nothing to do with live keeping a secret or not. He started down his path of dumbness prior to anything that Liv was affecting, I think. You know, I, you know part now, of it. now I agree. I agree with him for being upset. She should have, you know, at the point where he's checking himself into a mental institution, she should have come clean prior to I, that. I think but, before that. 
she should yeah. can't claim. But, no, and I agree. But I'm but just the thing was, if I if I was a social worker and I'm working with kids and I'm seeing that the because he knows that the police are not even caring, they're not even really except for Clyde, who's been told to leave it alone, and he knows he's been told to leave it alone. Nobody's doing anything about this, and these kids are still disappearing. Because remember, this has been going on since the beginning of the show, and these kids keep disappearing, keep disappearing. No one's reporting on it. Like it's weird. Like you know, there's something up. Right. I mean, it would go not, it alone. I mean, I'm sure that go he, it alone. No, because I, I that's right. Not, I don't that's think I would saying. do it. But I'm. He made dumb decisions, but I'm saying, but I can understand the motivations behind it, because he. It's like you, all these kids you're seeing and you're working with and you bonded with and they're dead and nobody seems to care about them and they're still dying. Like these kids, like that is, and no one seems to be doing anything about it. No, and I understand that. I'm just, the point I'm trying to make is that he was, had the propensity to make dumb and rash decisions prior to anything that Liz Liz Liv was affecting. Now, she didn't help it. She made the situation worse by keeping it from him as he went on to discover more little things here and there, but I'm just saying he, he As soon as she came as soon as she knew he came in contact with Blaine, she should have told him then. I, I and that I am in 100% agreement with. I just, you know, that put him in a situation where it was it was it was too it was so dangerous that it was she should have definitely told him what was up and that's you know pre more kids being killed i mean i think he would have understood either way he would have understood (laughs) we find out i mean in the conversation i think he would have understood but yeah it was it was uh interesting the way that all played out and then Mm -hmm. you know she saves his life by making him a zombie and he of course is not real happy about that no. Uh, so he goes to sleep and then wakes up and she is injecting him with the cure. So again, she makes a decision for him again, right? Because she doesn't trust his decision. And he's like, he wakes up and she's shooting him up with something. He's like, "What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't know what it is. And you know, once again, he doesn't try. You know, she doesn't trust him with his own decisions. And like wait, and wait till he finds out that um, be- she used the last of the cure. Where the, Robbie can't even make any more because he doesn't have any more on him. He's going to be even more angry with her because he is not a, uh, a selfish person, I don't think. And he would rather he be able to make a, a, a cure to save everybody as opposed to just him. That's going to bother him. It's going to eat at him. And it's probably going to keep them from being together. Although, and I'm just thinking from science here. If if it does cure him, mm-hmm. or even from the rack, could he not be able to synthesize some sort of a knowing cure? how? Yeah, but that'd make it a happy ending. And knowing that's, the show, that's true. And knowing these showrunners, <laughs> something is going to happen to make exactly. it that they cannot yeah. synthesize it from the survivors. You're probably right. I just have a bad feeling. I just don't see them being able to fix this. Uh, the the worst part 
about this entire season finale was that the fact that it was only episode 13 and now we have to wait months for the next season so oh we still got that, more we cut him off we cut off jim and he didn't even finish yet we still oh i know yeah, more more stuff. i'm just saying that's that that's that 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 was really the 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 dour note of the whole thing oh, yeah. and well, I, or, I, or you can look know. at the bright side that we are getting more episodes yeah, that is true. You know, as opposed to another show we're going to talk about in the news segment, which uh, mm-hmm. we are not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. After um, uh, you know, uh, reports of all the explosions and gunfire or whatever at the uh, Meet Cute, uh, Lieutenant Suzuki shows up, and it's a bloodbath. There are dead zombies all over the place. So he decides to shoot himself in the leg, <laughs> <laughs> turn on all the gas jets, and then uh, strike a Bic lighter and set the whole place to explode. Um, as he is about this, Liv's little brother is walking up to the meet cute for his first day of work. And he kind of walks up and, you know, the window is broken. There are dead bodies there. <laughs> and he just kind of stands I was there. there at it. Yeah, I he just kind of stands there. It's like, huh, how about that? All those dead people. And then, uh, you know, as that happens, it explodes all in, her, uh, all in his what? face. I'm out. I'm not going in the crime scene. Yeah, I see like blood and all that. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing a 180 well, he, and walking the other direction. I'm calling the cops. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling I'm the going to the phone. I'm walking away. I'm calling the cops. I'm not. Now, I mean, he was in shock. I mean, if I walk up and they're not looking away, and there's just this utter destruction and body and blood everywhere, I'm probably going to be there for about three to five seconds with my jaw on the floor. And then I'm going to start running. Nah, I got black flight. I don't, when I see bodies like that, I, I walk away <laughs> and I call the cops. I'm not trying to it, sit there because you don't know who's still there. Like, it, it, you don't know if somebody else is still there. So you, well, you're, you leave. You're, you're just worried you'd be a suspect. That's all right. Well, that too. <laughs> I said black flight. And then B, <laughs> not my business. Not my business. I'm not calling my business. the cops. And then B, not my business. <laughs> There's an, there's, an, there's an old Polish saying, uh, not my circus, not my clowns. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, anyway, so he's caught in a bad explosion. Liv gets his call on the phone as she is shooting up uh, a major with Damn a cure. It. And he, she rushes to the hospital, and uh, her brother is bleeding out, and he is a rare blood type that her mom knows that Liv is. The worst. And you know they're like they're like go ahead let's get you into we need to get you in transfusion right away right away, and Liv says no. Well, I love the how they I love how it was shot where they start to blend in with the music. You see her looking at his at her brother, knowing that she can't do this. You hear the voices in the background of oh yeah she can't and and just the irony just the the tragedy of it all. Like, I know her eyes told it all, because I know going through her head, she's thinking, like, I gave up the cure. I used it on him. I Like, I could have made him a zombie and then cured him really quick. You know, if push came to shove and she would have saved her brother, now she can't. Either she makes her brother a complete zombie, which she already got a handful of, 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 you know, like, he really hit her hard with, your decision making has always been about you since you've been bitten. Everything has been about what you want. You, you you're not caring about what other people want. You're not giving people a chance. So now she's pulled back because if before this, I think before Major, 
I think she would have just made him a zombie. I think she would have made that decision to make her brother a zombie rather than lose him completely. And now, because of what Major said, that really, you know, it, it really made her pause and think about it. And I don't think she's going to make the decision to make him a zombie. I think no, she would rather right. let him uh, go naturally because of that. And it's just all of it's just it, all of it. You can see all those decisions, all that stuff. But her, here's the thing. If she, if she refuses the transfusion, mm-hmm. she's going to have to give her mom and everyone else, you know, everyone a reason right. why. Exactly. So she's going to be outing herself as a zombie to the world. Well, she could just say that she she caught a disease, a, a blood disease, and she doesn't didn't want to tell anybody. She could just say that, which I think I'm I'm going to assume she's going to do. To not tell her mother that she's a zombie, she'll do that, and then that'll bring up a whole bunch of other questions. But then you know. You know, that's why she's been distant. That's why she broke up with Major, like all that stuff. Because it is basically something of a, you know, you, you've got a disease or you can't right. transfer blood that, or any kind of. And, and I can tell you right now, her mother, just based on the way she is, I don't think she could handle. She's not going to understand. The whole, the whole zombie thing. I mean, if no. Liv King came to her, <laughs> no. she's going to flip out. She's probably going to, you know, go have brunch and Bloody Marys with her friends and scream and holler about everything and it's she's not going to handle it well and her friend is still gone yeah that's the only other thing that i was kind of disappointed i was kind of hoping that we'd get at least some not closure but at least something going on there you know like she calls him or something but nothing she's gone and robbie lost it like he really cared about her he wanted you know that was a they were trying to start a relationship you know that was that was going to be the start of that. Can nobody on this show be happy? Just, just nobody. Not well, just not in the finale. Oh, yeah. And when Robbie finds out what she did, he's going to be pissed too. You used the cure, like his way of his brain, because he is a humanitarian. The way he thinks, his brain is thinking, "I want to make a cure. I want to save all of them." You know, I really care about you, but I want to save not just you, but all the people that are being affected by this thing. But now she took all that away. He's back to square one again. So that's like he's going to be mad. Like she's really going to be isolated from the few people that were there for her. She's pretty much her mother probably going to be pissed at her because she's I think even even if she says it's a blood disease or whatever, her mother will still blame her. It'll be a part of her. I think her mother is still that. And first, at first, she'll still have that kind of resentment towards her if she loses her brother. So then you have that. You you lost Major. Your best friend just ran off when she found out about it and left town. You haven't heard from her. Like she's been ice. She's isolated everybody. The only one that isn't isolated from her is Clyde because he don't know. Well, what if it and breaks? Just, well, what if it breaks this way? We saw at the end mm-hmm. of this episode like the Max Rager guy getting arrested and being outed in the uh-huh. press and everything else. Uh huh. What if like those. You know, victims of the Max Rager thing who became zombies. What if mm-hmm. they all get outed through the the lawsuit? You know what I mean? True. You know, when, if somebody infected you or made you a zombie and they were legally right. responsible, wouldn't you want to sue them? Well, some of them, because what if the others that have gotten infected, they've killed people and don't want to be, and they don't want to admit to it because they're now they're they've murdered someone or they accessories to murder because they are. Even though the cop, oh, and we even lost, 
we forgot the the chief wrote in blood Blaine. True, and now he's human again to give or, the clue. Yeah, right. And then we see that shot of Blaine eating like a hostess fruit pie, mm-hmm. some veterinarian medicine guy like sewing up his bullet wound. Right, and loving it. Hey, now no. those hostess fruit pies are pretty good. They're not bad for packaged <sighs> food. It's full of sugar. You can't eat that. They used to be better. You know what? Back when they made them with real lard, they were a lot better. Oh, yeah. Did Mm, I just say that? You can't eat that? What's happened to me? (laughs) I know. You're wearing skinny jeans. You're drinking kale kale smoothies. You're watching scone movies. Here's another little M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong uh, twist that could happen on this whole deal, too. What if her brother is a zombie? After all. What do you mean? He was standing in front of all that carnage. It blew up. What if bone shards or something from those zombies embedded in his skin? Oh. Something like that. What if he ends up because he dies on the table and, and comes then back. comes back? And then in within day, a day or so, he suddenly has that wonderful uh, uh, albino look that his sister has. That yeah. that'll raise questions too, but it's, you know that's a that's quite a possibility right there. There were a lot of zombies rough. there. It's a like this series has been very it, like there've been funny fun things that have happened in in the episodes, but it's gotten really dark towards the end of the season. And, and the way this is, I mean, is, oh, I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry. Oh, go finish your thought. I no, miss- I was just saying. Well, <laughs> just finish your thought, dude. <laughs> well, she. We also know she killed someone too when she first flipped like she murdered someone right. also so that revelation right. is added to all the other stuff that have just happened in this episode as well yeah i'm just gonna say there's so many different ways the new season could go mm-hmm. um, from this uh season finale i mean is i mean i don't know sometimes when there's a cliffhanger or a season finale you're like okay well this is kind of defining what's going to happen in the next episode in the next season but right. uh not so with this i mean there's so many yeah, there's so many different ways this could this could play out, you know. This in the flash is like I have no idea how they're gonna <laughs> fix this stuff when they come back. Right, yeah. right. I couldn't even guess how this is gonna all pan out for next season. Like I don't want the summer to be gone, but damn it, I want I'm ready for the for the shows to come back already. <laughs> oh yeah, and that just such good television, such good. Yeah, TV. yeah. Well, guys, uh, there are a few good things coming out this summer. One of those things is the uh, animated feature by Bruce Timm, uh, Justice League Gods and Monsters. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, yes. it's our second feature that we're going to talk about today. Uh, it's it's really interesting. This is a, a brand new alternate take on uh, the character on these characters of uh, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. In fact, this whole Earth uh, kind of reflects that. Um, Machinima has uh, uh, premiered these uh, short like featurettes or whatever, uh, each one showcasing one of the three uh, main characters, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. In this world, Batman is Kirk Langstrom, uh, who was, yeah. was Man-Bat in you know, the regular DCU or whatever. Yep. Uh, in this world, he's, uh, he's a, uh, he has lymphoma. And in an attempt to come up with a cure for himself, he uses a vampire bat venom and becomes, instead of man bat, an actual vampire. Which I thought was a cool twist on the character. Um, in this, uh, in, in this uh, version of Superman is General Zod's son, not the son of Jor-El and Lara. 
and he was raised by uh, Mexican migrant workers, mm -hmm. um, not raised, you know, in Kansas or whatever by the, the Kents. So very he different. Yeah, so he knows about injustice. He knows about you know the you know black and white and, and the grays in between or whatever. Very different place. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Becca is the Wonder Woman uh, of this world, and she mm -hmm. is the bride of the new god Orion. So she's one of the new gods of New Genesis. And, she and has, I really like the way that character. I like the whole look and everything. It's kind of awesome. She's like Berta, big big Barta. Yeah, people that don't might she's not know that. Bart without a conscience, kind of, you know. Yeah, or early Barter, but before she, you know, before she met Mister Miracle. But she has a, uh, a really cool sword. It's kind of like Thor's hammer. It comes when she uh, commands it to, um, and she is you know, very much a warrior in the cast of, like I said, Orion or the other new gods or whatever. Yeah, I love that design. Um, there's a uh, fairly extensive uh, preview on uh, YouTube uh, that I, I got to see. It was about 13 minutes long in the interview. Uh, Mike Carlin and Bruce Tim and Andrew Romano and, uh, and Stan Yu and all the people that are um, involved in this and how they explain how the idea came about. It was around the time of the uh, New 52 relaunch and how um, he was thinking about how you know when they relaunched back in the 60s like the, uh, you know, a showcase with like the Flash and Green Lantern and everything. They took basically just the gimmick and the name of the Golden Age character and just totally recast it, you know, for the Silver Age at that point. So he, I mean, Bruce Timm spent a lot of time writing traditional Justice League stories. You know, he's written a few alternate uh, dimension stories as well. Uh, but this is a whole new Elseworlds type thing. This has not been in comics before. And they've really gone to a lot of great lengths to really, like, think about how the world would have been affected if these three main characters had been the way they are in this world rather than the way that we know them, you know, from a traditional DCU or, or the New 52 or whatever. Um, Such a cool concept. And mm -hmm. Mike Carlin himself in, the, in this preview thing says, you know, well, look, if you're conversant with the DCU, then it's going to be a whole hour and a half of Easter eggs for you. And if you're right. not, it's going to be a brand new story that you can just jump right in and you don't have to have any of the baggage of continuity. And if these three shorts are, um, are any indication, he's absolutely right. Um, they released them all in the past like week and a half. The first one was called Twisted. And it's the um, um, the Batman of this universe versus the Harley Quinn of this universe. <laughs> yeah. Who's much more like the Joker than, than Harley Quinn. Mm -hmm. At least I felt. A lot more yeah, like yeah. the title. You know? yeah. The title of this episode was spot on because the whole time I'm like, man, that's Twisted. <laughs> And yeah, I love it. There were little shout-outs, too, to, like, other other animated things. Like, when they show her family, like, all around the TV. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They did the same thing in um, in, in Batman the Animated Series. Uh, the Joker kidnapped Barbara Gordon and, and, and James Gordon and uh, and some other people and had them all be their, you know, their prototypical yep. family. Also, yeah. Return of the Joker, um, when they, you know, they, they adopt, quote-unquote, little, little Tim Drake, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there are, like you said, there are tons of Easter eggs in this thing. Um, they they send Batman in after uh, Harley Quinn. They have a uh, they have a rough and tumble fight, and then Harley Quinn, you know, finally is beaten, and she's like, okay, go ahead and take me into the cops. Nope. And Batman's like, the cops? I don't think so. And he takes her out vampire style. Yeah. Right there. Pretty cool. That was um, um, uh, Michael Anthony Hall, the guy who plays Dexter. Is playing uh, Batman in, yes. uh, 
So that's his voice in here. So really cool takes on these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, again, again, there were little Easter eggs all along the way that I found or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah Superman's was a woof. Man. Yeah, there were so many in the Superman episode. It was uh, sad too. I mean, that was such uh, a sad. Uh, yeah, yeah. They played on the heartstrings. Like, um, did we talk about Let's talk when about we were it. talking about the Justice League Unlimited uh, episode where Batman had to deal with the with Ace from the yes, fo- yeah, and she had like the reality bending powers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This reminded me of that very much because his crime, like the the way he could, whoever did the voice and the the way that the child was crying, it was I was like, it's just too real. Tara Strong that did the voice of Harley Quinn did the voice of Brainiac as well. It's, it was uh, that was really cool. And that one was called Bomb. Mm-hmm. And again, it's the Superman who uh, who who um, you know it's the son of General Zod, uh, not the son of the Elves, as it were, and yeah. very different Superman than the one we know. Um, yeah, we see uh, President Amanda Waller, yeah, insulting her her staff, including Savannah. Doctor Savannah is on her staff. Caught that. Yeah, I always thought he was shorter because she he like is a little taller yeah. than her, and I was like that seemed a little weird. But well, it's just a different world. Yeah, no, yeah. it's a different world. She's also not voiced by Pounder, so that's right. Yeah. Which I was surprised by. Because they, they've used some, you know, Bruce Tim would likes to use some of those voices and andrew romano is doing the voice casting in this so she usually brings in like her normal crew and mm-hmm. you know, those yeah you know pounder is one of them so i'm kind of surprised maybe she was busy maybe maybe she could maybe, do it, maybe oh she is doing that csi new orleans show now i think oh that's right and they filmed a lot of episodes back to back yeah it might might have been the thing but uh, they're all talking about uh dropping a nuclear strike in the middle of metropolis Mm-hmm. Because something is in the middle of Metropolis causing a lot of trouble. There's a big very the Avengers. This is very Avengers. It was. Like. Yeah. There's a big maelstrom in the middle of the city, and no one can get inside and penetrate. Um, they talk about and they refer to him as that. You know, what was it that arrogant bastard? Mm-hmm. Uh, Superman. Um, they bring the. Uh, they bring in a, uh, a plane, a fighter plane, like you said, very Avengers. He has the nuke ready to go, and he's like, Jesus, forgive me. And Superman lands on the front of the plane and scratches with his finger into the glass. <laughs> Give me five minutes. Love that. And then the pilot was like, sure. <laughs> he gave yeah. Himself up, you know. Love that. So um, Superman flies in, and something I noticed, he, he fights against this like whirlwind of this maelstrom over to get to the center of the storm. And mm-hmm. there are like people trapped in a bus next to him. Passes him by. And he just walks right by them. He does nothing to help them at all. He just oh, yeah. walks right by into the, the main part of the problem. I um, noticed that, too. He goes into the center of the storm, and inside this globe of, of just like null or whatever, is a baby brainiac um, that was alluded to in, earlier in the segment that Waller had something to do with. Because Savannah yep. says something like, it's ironic, we created Brainiac to deal with him, and now he's the only one who can. Mm-hmm. So Brainiac is there and is kind of half-formed a uh, little child, and uh, he doesn't know how he's causing it or why he's causing it, and he can't stop it. Uh, he's just, he's, he's, you know, way too powerful and, and, and just, you know, a baby. Uh, basically, you know, just a very small child. And um, Superman says, uh, I could help you if you want me to. Uh, Brainiac says, go ahead, do it. And then off-camera, we see the Maelstrom go away. We see Superman holding the um, cradling 
Brainiac's body in his in his arm and he flies away. Very emotional and sad. Yeah, he ended up using his heat vision to do it. But I'll tell you, when he says, "I know, I you know, I can do it," and then he puts his hands on both sides of Brainiac's head, I thought, "Is he about to just squish his head like a melon?" That's what I thought too. <laughs> but then he started. It started showing his heat vision, and that's when it cut back out. You know, and you just see the maelstrom go away. But um, I was like, man. Yeah, Daryl, I, I immediately flashed to that episode of Justice League Unlimited where Batman had to go in and talk down Ace. First thing I thought of. Yeah. That's exactly what I thought of because it was very much a very similar situation. She had those reality warping powers she couldn't control, mm-hmm. she couldn't handle, and then she, you know, she didn't want to be there anymore. And then you know, Batman said he would sit with her while, you know, while you know while she left, as it were. So yeah, very reminiscent of that. And then the last one is called Big. And it basically it starts out with Steve Trevor, super agent, uh, infiltrating Cobra, uh, and then getting saved pretty much by Becca, the, mm-hmm. the woman of this world. And it's pretty much a straightforward uh, superhero beat him up. Although Becca's like you know using a sword and not you know hesitating to run people through or or you know or you know to hit people with it. You know, just very much more violent than the Wonder Woman of our world. Oh, much more. But, I mean, she's a warrior born of, of new, the new gods, so you can mm-hmm. figure that. We also see, like I said, her Thor's hammer-type uh, power that allows her to bring the sword to her when it's you know, out of reach. Um, they they fight all these Cobra agents, and then one of them uh, activates a giant robot called Giganta. <gasps> nice Easter egg there. <laughs> right? yeah. so when they opened that pot, I didn't know what to expect. It was going to be a giant right. well, Me either, yeah. redhead. Was it going to be... You know what? It turned out to be a giant robot. Uh, Steve Trevor is like, "No, I can handle this, no problem." And he gets his butt kicked. Mm-hmm. And then Wonder Woman finally jumps in to help him. They fight and they destroy the robot and they stop Cobra. And then Wonder Woman wants to uh, get intimate right there. But well, she this definitely be... seems to have a healthy libido. Yes. Yeah, she, well, universe. she rips off its clothes and he says something yeah. like, "Now, right now." She goes, <laughs> and the dynamic between them, like this is this is. Steve Trevor as as if he was written in the eighties action films kind of theme like the like uh Cobra with Sylvester Stallone or or uh Commando yeah. with uh Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like that's how he is. Like the argument he had is like she's she's coming to help him and he's like, I didn't need your help. Why are you here? Like he's just yelling at her constantly while he's fighting the guys. He's badass, he's fighting the dudes, but uh hello, you're not super powered. So when a giant robot comes up and he's like trying to shoot it and shoot, you know, doing all types of stuff. And this thing is just swatting them here and there and then finally grabs him and gets ready to squish him to death. And then she he makes her like this is like Wonder Woman makes him have to say, I need you. And that was when she joined the fight because she was like, oh, you don't need me. I sit over here. You just take care of it with your big, big man guns. Yeah, exactly. Go on with yourself. It was pretty. So, yeah, it's a pump down. It was a little different uh, dynamic on that. Like uh, they really, they really get into that whole thing of because a lot of times Steve Trevor was rescued by Wonder Woman, but you know, but we really get into it this one in in this. Uh, Just clip. real, real quickly, Tamara Taylor is the voice of Wonder Woman in this. Mm-hmm. Benjamin Bratt is the voice of uh, of Superman. Uh, also in the cast, you see Thomas Howell as uh, Dr. Will Magnus. Mm-hmm. And Jason Isaacs uh, is Lex Luthor. Uh, Padgett Brewster is uh, Lois Lane. 
Um, it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good cast. Right, and you can get the uh, the clips are available on uh, Taylor Network Podcast. You can go into the DCTV section, and, and they have all three uh, clips available there. Um, and with the contest, if you leave us an iTunes review, um, you could ask for the digital download of this movie when it's available. It is a pre... You can uh, pre-order you can pre-order it. it now. It's available under the end of July. Yeah. That's what so, I want if I win. You, you're not winning. Damn it! We go through this every show. You can't. You can't. <laughs> you can't play. Um, but yeah, definitely. If you leave us an iTunes review before, we're gonna push it back another week because it's been a crazy, crazy couple of weeks of con stuff and and whatnot. So we're pushing it back again um, before we uh, announce who the winner is. So get the iTunes reviews in. Get them in now. Immediately. You hear this episode, get them in. Get to the iTunes. Yes, and what do they have to do? To, what do they have to do, Job? Do they have to contact you if they're out of... Yeah, now if they're they're within the U.S. Or, and we'll see the review on, on our page, but if you're outside the U.S., um, it doesn't always alert me i've set up an rss feed but it doesn't always alert me to the uh international so just leave either uh email me at chubtoad01 at uh, hhwlod.com or you can um tweet me at chubtoad01 or just leave a comment on the facebook that hey there's a review out there and i'm in whichever country you're in that'll let me that'll make it easier for me to find I'm super excited for this movie, but coming out. So, oh, I'm it's so ordered, and I'm ready. I'll be as soon as it comes out. I will be ordering that sucker and read, ready to discuss it. So, I just think I think it's a cool take on those characters, you know. And it's like I don't know. I don't mind good Elseworld stories. I know some people don't like the characters to be messed with or, or tampered with in ways they don't uh, they don't like or whatever. But I love that. I love the Elseworlds and the, the what ifs and all that, you know, I like for them to, you know, be under that kind of a banner to where it's explaining, you know, this is not within the regular continuity, you know, and, and that's not so much for me, but for other comic readers, I want people to understand, I don't know, it's just a weird thing in my um, OCD brain, but I love the different Elseworlds and what if stuff. So, I mean, I have most of the Marvel what ifs running all the way back. I've got as many Elseworlds as I've ever been able to get my hands on. So, um, I, Hey, I love that stuff. And, and you know what? It takes one to know one nerd. So God, you make it so awkward. I know. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's something uh, I wanted to mention, though, with the with the shows. There's something interesting. When we it, it kind of goes with Supergirl as well. Um, when we watch this stuff on TV, and there's some things that we see, and we look at it through our own adult eyes, um, we don't in our own world. We don't know who else is watching. There was an interesting comment from a little girl. Uh, who happened to be watching The Flash. She was a five-year-old uh, Oh, I girl. saw this story. Yeah, this is really great. Great, great story. story. She's watching The Flash, and she sees uh, Iris, and she sees that Iris is a woman of color. 
and she loved it. She tweeted, uh, the mother tweeted to the actress that plays Iris about it, and um, they Scott. had a nice, yeah, they had a nice little exchange, and she wanted to send her something. Uh, it was really sweet to see that, and it and it goes to others who are watching this show. Like I know in Supergirl, the first thing people were thinking is she's not sexy enough and all this kind of stuff, but. Um, there are other people watching it besides us. Yep. <laughs> and yep. who would have thought, like, uh, 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 a black female would be, and at five, five-year-old black female would want to watch something called The Flash. Who would have thought this years ago? My my four-year-old daughter loves it. She watches it with me, actually. Yeah. But, uh, and- yeah, I remember that. I, I saw the article, and I think it's somewhere here on the DCTV podcast Facebook group mm-hmm. um, that, uh, you know, the girl saw Iris, you know, Iris uh, Allen or Iris West Allen or whatever. I saw Candace Patton on the show and said, wow, Iris looks like I do. Yeah, and, and I'm sure. That's what piqued her interest. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure there are other characters in it that and there are other stories like this involved in. Um, you know, other characters on the show and, and other shows, and that's why it, it is important to do things like this. You know? I agree. I, you know, and... It really is. Whenever you can have some sort of an entertainment, uh, whether it's a show, movie, what have you, and there it can reach out and let all kinds of different demographics identify and say, you know, you know, I mean, she she can't necessarily identify with certain you know with a superhero character because we're not all super powered you know just this right. like few of us but you know being able to say hey she she's she's a strong character she's she's you know and she's just like me i can grow up to be just you know as strong of a, a black female person as as she is portraying you know, and it, it's it's taken a long time for entertainment to get to this point, and it still has a, a long road to go. I mean, shoot, this stuff started back in '66 when you had Nichelle Nichols. You know, mm-hmm. not not just being a black female character, but a, a, a an, uh, military officer, and a, you know, and and a vital part of the crew. You know, and I mean. We just it, that's that needs to continue. Oh, it you definitely know? does. I mean, it adds to it with the Flash. Um, even the, the one of the uh, showrunners, uh, Greg uh, Berlenti, he's a, he's a gay man, admittedly a gay man, and he's part of it. Like this is a diverse show all the way around. You know, people involved behind the scenes, in front of the scenes. They have women involved. I mean. For Arrow, there's a, the showrunner is going to. There's a woman who is the showrunner for the next season, who kind of taken over. Um, you know, yeah, and just like any production, I'm sure they have their rough days and there's some tough things they have to go through and all that other stuff. But when you see the behind the scenes stuff going on with this cast and crew, they mm-hmm. all seem genuinely loving it. They're having a good time. They're they're you know. It, it's a, a collaborated team effort yeah. where you don't always see that with a lot of television and movies and stuff, you know, and, yeah. you know, and that just goes to show that diversity is, is definitely a, a key. It's not a curse word. It's right, not a exactly. curse word, you know, 
<laughs> it can it can be all right to have to to be uh, diverse, and people will still watch it. <laughs> it it's, it's okay to to do things like that, and um, and I'm I'm glad for it. Like it it is really the CW, which doesn't even have the number of affiliates that the bigger stations, you know, the uh, like uh, CBS, NBC, ABC, like they don't have that same those same affiliate numbers um but to be able to do a grassroots type of thing starting with arrow and build such a such a big audience who is loyal to the shows like they don't lose audience they don't lose ratings with the show the shows are pretty steady in terms of it with flash i mean the audience even grew um even beating some uh big uh big network Shows mm-hmm. and their time slot. Yeah, of shield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I well, mean, and look at all the more that we're getting because of it too. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'm worried about is I just hope it doesn't get too saturated to where people lose interest. Like, oh, there's a but. I know I'm not. I know that I'm so excited for the stuff coming, and uh, I mean, there's so many things that they haven't even announced yet that they're hinting right. at, and there's things that I want to see that probably I won't get to see, but I still want to see in the, in the upcoming seasons of these shows. Oh, there's so, there's so much they've already, like, not even hinted at even so much. I mean, look at the Legends of Tomorrow trailer by itself, mm-hmm. for God's sake, you know? Right. I mean, just on its own, or, you know, the, the Supergirl pilot, or what we've seen so far, Suicide Squad. I mean, there's so many, you know, things coming down the pike I can't even imagine. I, I, I want to see the question. I want to see the question. That'd be cool. Oh, yeah. I would love to see that. I, I, I can see that more on an Arrow episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I'd like well, to see Dead Man. I'd like to see Blue Beetle. <laughs> you want to, I'll tell you what, let's engage in some serious speculation because we did get news this week. We, they're casting a new hero for Flash Season 2, mm-hmm. a character in their 30s and four, or 40s, a little bit more weathered, a little older than, uh, than Barry. Who do you think it is? I think it's Jay Garrick. Mm. He, he could be. It could, I'm kind of hoping for Green Lantern, and I'd like to see Alan Scott, but you know, but uh, I don't I think don't, we'll get Green Lantern. But I, I'm wondering if you know it'll be Jay Garrick. I mean, we already seen his helmet, so I don't know. I won't dismiss the the Hal Jordan thing either. I don't know. Like if they get the okay to do it, I don't. Look at this show. Like, look how many times they have mentioned uh, Coast City. Yeah, they, uh-huh. they even mentioned Oakley yeah. and Rogue Time or Rogue Ferris Air. Air. Ferris yeah. Air all over the place. They go to yeah, Ro- in that episode Rogue Air. You know, they're mm-hmm. like, "Why is this place abandoned?" While well, they had a test pilot disappear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and then before Firestorm, I never would have thought they would have had a superhero on the show that's flying around and you know shooting rays out of his hands and all that kind of stuff but guess what <laughs> they've done it there he is i mean yeah. i guess i guess you know because i was thinking maybe he would just be you know much like the trinity you know kind of a forbidden for the tv but i mean i don't yeah, know i don't, I mean, they, I have, don't think they have flash they have barry allen so why not have how i'd love for hal jordan to come in and i would love for them to you know portray hal jordan you know how we know hal jordan <laughs> I don't think they're doing any solo stuff with Green Lantern. I think it's the deal if it's a solo type of thing that they might stem away. He kind of not even touch it. 
but I don't think they're doing that with Greenland, and he'll be in the JLA movie, but I don't. But they have Flash in that too, but Flash has a movie. You know, it's doing a, a single. Uh, there was there was a character in the original Flash TV series. I believe the character is called Nightshade, mm-hmm. and he was very much like a shadow, question Batman type vigilante in the same universe as the Flash from the original TV series. Could it be that with all the other nods that we've seen to the original Flash TV series, including, you know, Amanda Pays and everything else, and, you know, um, John Wesley Shipp and everything, that it could be him? Could be. Yeah, that's true. Wild speculation, everyone. It's a lot of fun, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, it is. So is. That's what gives us reasons to podcast. Um, Jeff John spoke out about the uh, Supergirl criticism. And uh, he he had the best example of all. He said, "Hey, people were very skeptical about the Flash, and look how well that did." Exactly. When you know when the Flash was uh, about announced and about to come out, I mean, of course we're comic geeks, we were all up on it. But you know, people were very skeptical they could find an audience after you know Smallville and things like that. But didn't seem to have a problem. So I mean, he made a no. very makes a very good point. It's so true. Like they just have been able to embrace this world, the superhero world that we've read for eons. Yeah. They've been able to embrace it and 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 play in it and, and, and just do so many things and they have not turned off uh, people. There have been a, a lot of people who have been having a ball. People have not comic readers like we are who are not into the comics and haven't even read a Flash or an Iron or a Green Lantern or Green Arrow, anything. They've read no comics in their lives, and they have been able to jump in on this show and and watch it, whether they watch it with uh, just significant others, or they watch it with their kids, or nephew, nieces. You well, know, I mean, like, for shows to have enough ratings to stay on, they have to appeal to more than just the comic book fans. There aren't, there aren't enough comic book geeks out there to keep a show on, on TV, even on CW. Mm-hmm. So... I, I don't know. I just I think CBS is taking a gamble, but I hope it pays off for them because it seems like it's a good show from the pilot. Yeah, I, I really hope they do. I, I wish though that they could be connected with the other shows. It would have been I think that would have been a plus for it. Yeah. To be yeah. that, but um, can, well, I think it can be down the road. Yeah, it well, still it, can. The, the way that Berlanti and uh, and, and company were talking about it, that you know the door is open there down the road. You know, but they they definitely want to establish Supergirl as their own thing and not dependent on crossing over with Flash or mm-hmm. or whatever else. Um, I totally understand that. Uh, we got a good uh, our first solid picture of Will Smith wearing the Deadshot mask. Now I know we've gone back and forth as to whether Deadshot should have a mask or just an eyepiece or or whatever if he even needed any of that. But this is the full on mask, the full head. I mask. think it looks cool. I love it. Yeah, I do too. I think it's a good realization of that t- that that comic book mask. I mean, um, I, I like the way it looks. I really do. I always like that when he throws the mask on. That's when it's go time. That's 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 when he's right. He suited he's up. Shot. Yeah, he suited, suited up. up. Um, guys, it's time to pour out our forties. Uh, <sighs> according to Daniel Cerrone and Matt Ryan, uh, Constantine is over. It hasn't been picked up by another network. NBC has chosen not to renew. The contracts of all the players have been um, have run out, and the show is no more. 
I do hold on to hope, though, that maybe they'll cast Matt Ryan in a reoccurring role in some of these other shows. I, I hope when they finally get around to making Del Toro's Dark Universe movie, which I think is supposed to shoot next year, that they use Matt Ryan as Constantine. That right. too, yeah. I, um, yeah, I mean, we all we all had, like, really strong opinions about that show. I mean, we talked about it last episode. We gave out our letter grades. It was just a really good show, kind of cut down before it really could get the momentum that it needed to draw in more viewers, I guess. But again, I mean, he's kind of a not well-known comic book character. Nope. Put him on a major network where you need major network numbers to stay on. Yeah, and it's not going to get that there. Well, and you put him in the death time slot, mm-hmm. you know, and you're expecting grim, grim numbers to carry into it. And and here's the thing: the grim audience is, you know, they they are very much into the genre stuff, but there's a lot of there's a lot of themes within Constantine that doesn't necessarily translate into the same thing from Grimm's fairy tales that people are going to find as appealing and to rely on that to be your carrying I, I you know maybe I, we'll I get don't to think a, they could do, I don't think they could do anything different I, I don't think it mattered about time slots or whatever I just they were never going to get the numbers that they wanted they, to get that's what I was going to say I mean NBC the requirements for you know for you know numbers for a show to stay on the air on NBC even on that death slot or whatever are such that uh you know, a second string comic book character like Constantine, and no offense, you know, I mean, I love the character, and we love the show and everything, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just not, it doesn't have the kind of cachet that, like, Supergirl, but, I mean, everybody knows who Supervan is, so Supergirl, no-brainer, you know, I can see that, but Constantine kind of not as well-known, and I can see where they'd have an uphill climb trying to sell the idea, so, I just, my only regret is that they didn't shop it to, say, Netflix or FX right. or something like right. that, where they could have gone a little edgier they could have tied in like dvd and blu-ray sales and things like that and probably kept it on the air so yep that's that's uh what i think they should have done without and by not doing that nbc is just not nbc is suffering so much period with just trying to 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 keep the the uh network afloat with their regular shows i mean they made it they had a culling Along with ABC, they had a big culling of shows that they've just dropped. Um, well, NBC, I mean, all, all three of the networks are kind of, all three or four of the main networks are kind of trying to figure out what to do with the fact that most people are getting their content through smart TVs and, and devices now. You know and I mean? that a lot of reality TV is losing its luster. Right. Well, um, they, I mean, they basically, they've had the same product that they've sold for you know, 70 years now pretty much and their product is and their whole distribution system is being taken out from under them and is changing and they're trying to figure out how to adapt mm-hmm. how to stay with that whether they you know like cbs try to stay with their old people base like cw try to appeal to younger viewers or you know the different networks all have different strategies now i mean with the advent of netflix smart tvs you know internet things like that i mean they they have been steadily losing viewership you know, as as that has gone on, yeah. so I mean, for them to just keep grasping at straws at these shows that are either a they're not going to give a chance to, or b just seem like a waste of time to begin with, um, really doesn't seem like a smart strategy to me. I mean, at least CBS is out there in front with their own app now, 
Right. The CBS, I mean, the CBS yep. app, like, not only does it have all their their latest shows, but it also has a lot of classic shows on there. It has, like, Carol Burnett and, like, Lou Grant and all kinds of stuff on there. If you that's that's how I watch... That's how I watch all my CBS shows. That app, it's five ninety nine a month. And, you know, I don't have to worry about taking up space on my DVR because, yes, I am in the demographic of I like the NCIS stuff. So, you know, so I watch that stuff on there. But um, And I'm kind of surprised that uh, NBC and ABC haven't followed suit. But then on the other hand, they don't have, I don't know. I don't know. They, don't have, they, the, have. they don't have the infrastructure to offer that much no. streaming. That's why their stuff is on Hulu. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have yeah. the, they don't either they don't have the inclination or they don't have the capital right now to devote to you know an entire streaming network, especially when Hulu already has one set up. Right, that and the problem just lease their stuff to. And you and the whole thing, the whole thing of of um, there's a there's such a clash between the the commercials, the the uh, advertising industry, and and TV in general. There, there's just so because people just do not watch live television as much as they used to, and those numbers keep dropping. But how do you keep that money coming in, that revenue coming in, but at the same time give people what they want, which is not to be bothered with commercials, yep. and and having allowing them to watch shows when they want to watch shows and not want to watch them live anymore? Like how well, do you so, how do you well, do that? you see a lot? Well, you see a lot of streaming services try, you know struggling with how to deal with that, like. You know, for, for instance, you have Netflix, which just goes with the subscriber base without having ads. Mm-hmm. You have Hulu, which has the, the Hulu Plus that you pay for, but it also has ads, unlike a lot of the first-run TV shows. Yeah, but here's the thing, then, too. Well, made... just real quick. And then okay. you know you have YouTube, who deal with their thing by putting it on the first five seconds, and you have the skip ad or whatever. I mean, they're still kind of finding their way of how to monetize you know, people avoiding commercials. Right. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? But that's just the thing, and and maybe I'm in the minority. But you know, I watch a lot of stuff on Hulu Plus and the CBS app, and and all that. You know, and I have to say is the commercial breaks are short. The most they've I've ever seen is two minutes. Usually they're not, uh, a minute to ninety seconds. It's not crazy local ads of uh, or, or stupid promos for local crap going on. It's, you know, nationwide brand commercials and things like that. I don't mind it so bad because it's only a minute and 90 seconds, whereas commercials on broadcast television now, you know, you can go cook a pizza in the time it takes to go from through one commercial break sometimes. I mean, it's ridiculous. So I don't mind it. I mean, because the CBS app, I pay $5.99 a month. I have commercial breaks on there where they have them scheduled in on the TV show. They're on there. But again. They're either 30 seconds, 60 seconds, or 90 seconds. Occasionally a two-minute break. Um, you know, I don't mind that. And, I, you know, that gives me time to go refill my tea or something like that. It's, it's not that big of a deal. And then speaking of Netflix, now I read this week that they're talking about it'll be only with their original – their own commercials for their original content. But they're talking now about – Anytime you play something on Netflix, it'll have a 30-second advertisement at the beginning and at the end for Netflix shows, which I think is testing ground to see for people's tolerance for maybe eventually monetizing and have actual commercials there. And again, that's it's 30 seconds, people. I mean, if you're needing to 
you, you can't, you know, spare 30 seconds. You need to reevaluate your time management in your life. But there might be something better on. <laughs> I'm just saying is, is I, I, the thing that ticks me off about commercials nowadays is the length of co- the commercial breaks. The streaming services with the commercials, they're so short, it doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. Yeah, but it's all about that amount of money they spend to let them do that. The longer the commercials are, the more money that they spend with the, on that network. And it's still, TV is still funded by, you know, by advertisements. That's still the deal. Until they can make money another way, they're just well, not going to. product placement, too. I mean, I just watched I to just a point the entire third season of Orange is the New Black. And I mm-hmm. mean, the amount and it, and it wasn't beat you over your head like, oh, here, will you hand me a bag of Doritos? They are so good. It wasn't anything ridiculous like that. It's just all but throughout every but episode. You're talking Netflix. You're not we're not talking about Netflix. We're, you're talking Netflix where. Uh, Netflix makes money from subscribers, and I'm pretty sure they also can the individual things of no, of no, I understand that, but I'm just saying that your networks, you know, your network ran shows. Why couldn't they do that and then ha- still have commercial breaks, but have much shorter commercial breaks? Give us more content, put more of your ad revenue into product placement, and then still have you know. You know, Fringe brought to you by the Ford Motor Company. And there's several Ford commercials and a few other little things in there. But, I mean, for the most part, it's product placement. I I, I mean, if, if they re- – I, I think that's something that advertisers are going to have to make a compromise on. Because eventually it's going to be nothing but um, you're watching commercials with an occasional television show break. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, well, it's Well, I know with the – yeah, the way they do the the um, the instant watch for people that have cable, um, and that's people that have cable. You still, they still the people the cable is losing people too. Um, they have the commercial, the long commercials in between uh, if you're watching something on on instant watch, but that's still a struggle. Like all of it is, TV is the worst to change. They hate change. So it's always going to be a thing, uh, an uphill battle to get them to. Like, it took them for how long just to acknowledge the plus sevens? Like, well, look, that how was long it, look how long right? it took to go from standard HD. Yeah. You know, they've it, had HD technology since the 80s. It's always a battle. Like, it, everything is a battle with TV. It, it's still, it's still uh, pretty much the, 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 the one place where it's hard to change. And. It's forceful change because the plus sevens were acknowledged because they did lose so many live uh, viewers. So they had no choice but to acknowledge those plus sevens. But that doesn't help advertising because advertisers don't get anything from the plus seven. That means you're placement to a point, but you can't. You can't, but how much product play it? Ain't, it's not going to add up to the amount of just having commercials though. You know how many you can't have Coke bottles here and 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 Sprite bottles over there and then uh, Snapple over here and then like you can't have all that stuff all over the place with product placement. That's that's only smidgen of it. But that's a small percentage of of the amount of money they make off of that. Unless you get something where it would sponsor the whole show. 
Who's really watching commercials anymore, though? I mean, think about it. I mean, how many homes have DVRs? And those that don't, how many people just get up and go get something out of the fridge, go run to the bathroom? I mean, how many people are really watching commercials anymore? Well, you underestimate people's laziness. Yeah, you do. Cause they're, I, they're, <laughs> I think you really do. Cause, there's I mean, still millions of people that still watch. They will turn on the TV and on a channel and leave it there. There's still that. You're not. You're not losing that yet. But there's still a large percentage of the young. It's the younger viewers that are doing more of the watching TV on streaming or apps and all that kind of stuff. But there's still that. They still have enough that you look at those CBS numbers for the. For those shows, the NCSIs and all that kind of stuff. You you look at those numbers and Law and Order and 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 whatnot. They're still there. Those numbers are not. They're they're still there no, for that. And I agree. And but my parents are the perfect demographic there. And I will tell you what. What they do is they they, well they don't DVR. My parents refer to it as taping. They tape the shows on the DVR, and then later in the week they'll. they'll start to watch them fall asleep in the first 10 minutes and then watch them again later on uh, the weekend when they can stay awake. So, I mean, the world is changing. And if my my parents, who are as resistant to change as you're saying television is, are going that way, television needs to get out in front of this and start get, preparing because you're exactly Anyone. right. I mean, in 10, <laughs> 15 years, that demographic is going to be nothing but the millennials and, and our generation and we're it, it it's gonna it's gonna kill TV if they don't get out in front of it and yeah, television TV, get it together TV's been di- dying for years it won't completely die they'll change when they have to but the yeah. the channels that are making the changes are the FX channels or the M- M- AMC channels and you know those small channels where they don't have to worry about getting those big number of affiliates and like the other channels do. You guys are going right. to think I'm crazy, but I really think the future is in these digital channels, too. Like here, yeah. for instance, we'll have the the big NBC affiliate is Channel 2, right? Uh-huh. Or CBS, say. But there's also 2.2, 2.3, and 2.4. And 2.2 is like an old movies channel, and 2.3 mm-hmm. has like a lot of nostalgia television and stuff. And these other networks have sprung up. They're they're probably I mean the the content they have is really cheap because it's out of date and you know people right. you know, it's fallen out of like favor or whatever but I mean they're showing stuff that's getting a lot of ratings for them you know what I mean and for, mm-hmm. for the cost it takes to maintain you know like one of those point two or point three stations they're making a lot of revenue you know yeah look at those so, YouTube man uh, yeah look at I mean look at, people... look at, and the number of people that watch right. YouTube and the number of people that are making money from doing like just silly like game videos and stuff I mean everything's changing and no one knows exactly the way it's going to change or else mm-hmm. it would have already done so you know what I mean right it's so true. things are just kind of sliding into place uh, as they are and I mean for instance in my house my kids watch YouTube almost all day the only yeah. two things they watch they watch PBS Kids and YouTube mm-hmm. and that's it. That's a constant. Tablet watching is is just the it's yeah. it's what's going on now. That's that's the era that's going on. And as we phase out, guess what? That's all they're gonna be watching is tablet. Yeah, right. I just I just built my or added an account onto my Netflix for my four year well, she'll be five in August, mm-hmm. four year old niece. And, you know, it's just all the Netflix kid stuff. My sis now she just got her tonsils out Tuesday. And all she's done, because I gave this to her on Monday, all she has done 
from Tuesday through today is sit in front of that iPad and watch Netflix Kids. Mm. Just every show she she's just devouring it all. You know, and I mean, even my sister's like, hey, do you want to watch such and such on Nickelodeon, whatever show she's been loving for the last few months? No, 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 I'm good. <laughs> you know, probably, probably Paw Patrol. <laughs> that's the one my daughter likes. It's it's yeah, that's, it's that. And then there's one with some talking fish or something. I don't know. Bubble anyway. guppies. Yeah. Bubble guppies. That's the one that yeah. she was. Wow. She was like, hey, we well, know. This podcast we, has gone off in a weird direction. We know Jim's <laughs> watching habits. Know, no, it's not mine. It's my daughter's on. watching habits and my son. Well, I didn't say you had a choice. I just said I any, know. Any video watch. with ambulances and fire engines in it, yeah. my son will watch. He's only two though. But that's the thing. You have to appeal to you have to appeal to that demographic to watch. You have to make things easy too. You have to make things easy for parents when they're trying to find things for the kids to watch. If you don't, right. you're not going to make it. And YouTube makes it easier for parents to find things. And and now they've even created sections where doing, it's just you, you, for you, kids. Yeah, YouTube kids section that they're they're rolling out in beta right now. Yeah, Netflix. Yeah, is I the signed same up way. for the beta because. Mm-hmm. You know, it, my my daughter loves My Little Pony, but then there mm-hmm. are like some like My Little Pony parody videos and stuff. You that, don't want. That I don't <laughs> want or, you know, Japanese weird bukkake videos. We're not whatever. ready for that explanation. Yeah, yet. And, yeah, I don't want to have to explain that to my daughter <laughs> ever. So right, they really so. really like pony milk. All right. right. Oh. All right. Now we've gone off into a weird, whole weird area. See, there you go. Let's bring it back a little bit, shall we? Speaking of Supergirl, right. we found out the premiere date is going to be October 2015. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get this year, and they're getting the time slot before Big Bang Theory. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, Big Bang Theory is one of the most popular shows on CBS. So. A lot of women watch the Big Bang Theory as well. Um, that are. I'd say open to maybe watching something in that vein if it's if it's appealing to them they they might not turn off the television. I think uh, yeah I think it's gonna ha- I hope it has that kind of appeal because it's gonna have to it's gonna be you know like we were just saying about Constantine if it's gonna be a network show it's gonna have to have like a lot you know very broad appeal. I I think it all really boils down to the marketing for Supergirl. I mean the lead in stuff and all that yeah that's great but I mean. They really need to make sure that they're appealing to young women out there. And I think whatever this big plan is that they have for all the WB stuff at San Diego Comic-Con is going to be mm-hmm. the launching pad, launching pad for whatever it is. And they just need to continue that marketing and spend those marketing dollars into you know, the first six to eight weeks of that show and make sure that they're really pushing it hard. I mean, that's a lot of marketing money, but if they do it right, it's going to have good back-end return. Right. Daryl, yeah. I have a question mm-hmm. for you. Yes. Is Common going to be the tattooed man? That's what I think. Because we have some sets, some pictures this week from the Suicide Squad set that would lead us to believe... it got to be. ...that Common would be the tattooed man. Look at all those tattoos. it got to be. I, uh, I think it's I think it's an interesting choice. Yeah, I mean we had the picture of him. He has the tattoos all over his face and ring uh, the the tribal ring through his nose and stuff. And it could definitely definitely be the tattooed man. I think it's a, it'd be an interesting choice. I love. That. I mean, who would have thought the tattoo the, the tattooed man would be in a movie? I know it's such a weird power too. Yeah, his tattoos come to life. I mean, I remember when they had it. Was it uh, um, Final Crisis? He was uh, featured in 
pretty heavily. Yeah, he was in that, yeah. Um, we also have a thing on our, our Facebook page. By the way, DCTV Podcast is the name of the Facebook page. Please join us. Uh, we always have our news and uh, links to the podcasting there and a lot of good, good discussion there. I usually throw out a question or two every week for everybody to talk about. Uh, Cinema Blend put out a list this week of 10 superheroes that need their own Netflix series. And a lot of the superheroes they picked um, were DC heroes, including Zatanna. Mm, I agree. And that'd be a good series. Yes. Uh, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Although, with Rip Hunter, they're kind of leaving the door open for that with the uh, I think so. Legends. Mm-hmm. Um, Nightwing. Although we're going to see him in the new Titans series in right. development, right? And kind right. of like that role. Yeah. I'm trying to move out of the sh- under the shadow of uh, of Bruce or whatever. Um, but the the uh, entire list is on uh, on the, uh, the the Facebook page. As I said, DCTV best Facebook page. Please join that uh, if you're listening to the show. We'd really appreciate it, just so we can let you know when the new shows are up, and we can you know share all this news with you and uh, you know discussion. Your input is always very important. Uh, to the show, so thanks. Well, hmm? yeah, I just had one quick thing to add to this episode, and that was, um, you know, now that all of the DC TV for this this season is over with, you know, we're we're planning on having some content through the summer, but want to just throw it out there. This has been a really cool uh, weekly. Um, therapy session for me talking to you guys you know i really love to get my geek out and uh really enjoy it so you know i just want to shout out uh, big thanks to the two of you uh daryl you know getting to know you through this podcast and then jim everybody needs to uh give it up for jim who spends every week many many hours editing and putting this show together and getting it out there so just want to throw out there a big thanks to the two of you before we uh head into our summer season you're not getting a raise yeah, I'm playing. What are you, what are you damn, doing? No raise. No, no sucking up now. No, you you, you waited too long to suck up. Yeah. Oh. Now, now it's over. So, but the oh. sentiment's still there. <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, I love it. Even when I'm dead tired, I still, I still, I'm still ready to talk about this stuff. I don't know what. But the thing that really scares me is what we're going to do in the next season when we have like seven shows a week to cover. Ah, uh, no yeah. idea. I have no idea how that's going to work. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to no be clue. a rough two-hour, four-hour show. That's why you're the boss, Jim. He'll figure it out. You'll figure oh, it great. out. Thanks. That's just, we did miss... Maybe the boss. <laughs> yeah. We did miss one thing. They did release the official synopsis for Batman versus Superman. Yeah, it was... Uh, I'll tell you what, here, let me read it, and that's why I didn't really bring it up. It was just like, it's already kind of stuff we've already known. You yeah, know? you so kind of assume it. I mean, that's... You know, fearing that's the actions of a godlike superhero left unchecked. Gotham City's own formidable, forceful vigilante takes on Metropolis's most revered modern-day savior, while the world wrestles with, with what sort of hero it really needs. And with Batman and Superman at war with one another, a new threat quickly arises, putting mankind in greater danger than it's ever known before. Pretty much. I mean, I I, I know everybody who watched it. I mean, even when they announced Batman vs Superman, that's been the story of every superhero battle: is that they fight each other and then they realize we'll have to join forces to. Yeah, we're not really 
Right, we're both heroes. We're it's another threat that we should have been facing, and it, that comes up. So you can see that. There's also uh, on the uh, TaleNetworkPodcast.com in that DVTV section. If you want to know what the Wonder, it looks to appear to be what the Wonder Woman outfit will look like, and there's more concept art um, that it, it's been re released uh, from Warner Brothers uh, to kind of get a feel for what uh, Wonder Woman look like. Will, will look like in in the movie. And if I didn't mention it, uh, Daryl posted all three of those short Justice League God and Mon- God and Mo- Gods and Monsters um, uh, short cartoons on the DC TV podcast uh, page, so they're all right there in one spot. Right for ease of use. Yep, 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 yep. Man, yeah. So that's so it. if you dig this and other geeky content, I imagine you would because it's been rolling for like a good hour and a half now. Then by all means, mm-hmm. go over to hhwlod.com. We've got uh, the black box over there, which is always a provocative podcast. Sean Parr is back with a vengeance. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got the uh, the Weedenverse podcast, where uh, the clairvoyant Mister Universe are taking you uh, show by th- show through the world of Joss Whedon and all the things he's done. Uh, they're still working their way through Buffy, but soon. Soon, my friends, there will be some alias and other things. Or no, not alias. Um, I mean... Angel. Um, Angel, thank you. Angel. Um, also, uh, we, the Walking Dead TV podcast, which will be uh, returning soon with Fear, the return of Fear, or the uh, premiere of Fear of the Walking Dead, the new uh, new series is coming out. And uh, all kinds of other good podcasts and stuff there. Uh, just go to hhwlod.com. And once you're done with all that and you've you've already exhausted all those podcasting possibilities, then head on over to... Where do they go, Daryl? Uh, they go to Taylor Network of Podcasts. And you can check out all the uh, podcasts available on there, like Wade's world which is we talk about family stuff and that is a, a podcast with a family it's focused solely on the wage family and they uh, talk about lots of stuff from anime to uh, they talked about arrow this last episode episode mm-hmm. six and uh, how their son anakin is a fan of flash and 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 uh and that's kind of and he they're kind of sharing there are things that they're watching through him through his eyes and enjoying, and they're into other forms of uh, anime that is safe for kids to watch. Right. <laughs> you know, like, and as opposed to some of that stuff where you have to. Well, speaking uh, of things that are cool on. for kids, I mean, Martha's comic, uh, Shinobi Ninja Princess. Yes, very chocolate. Uh, available from uh, Action Lab Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, the trade paperback and, and the single issues are probably still available. So. So it's us there, as well as other podcasts that are available as well. There's also uh, in the Grayson, uh, the the uh, Dick Grayson vein. Um, there's a panel that uh, I was able to moderate along with uh, uh, co-host uh, Chris Campbell from uh, No Apologies and uh, Valiant Podcast, and we it's a spotlight for Tom King, who is the co-writer on the Grayson book, which is the official Dick Grayson Nightwing book, uh, and that will be a show eventually. Uh, they're going to have the Teen Titans in that, and featuring heavily in the Teen Titans will be Dick Grayson. Um, but we just talk about uh, a lot. He talks about a lot of the uh, the book, the process, and a lot of other things that are coming up for him. So if you want to check that out, it'll, it's on the Taylor Network um, feed. 
Okay, awesome. There's a lot of good stuff there. And uh, if you like TV talk where there's nothing is on with uh, myself and Daryl and Mr. Donnie Salvo talking general TV every week or so, um, when we can all get together with our incredibly busy active lifestyle schedules. Yes. There's all that going on there. Taylor Network Podcast. Give it a try. Give it a shot. They have a lot of news there on the site as well. A lot of cool blogs. I just saw there was a Monsters Are Interesting People uh, blog put up for uh, the memory of Chris, in memory of Christopher Lee. Yeah, yeah. Christopher Lee was uh, was sad for me because I was always a big fan of his Dracula. And the he's Hammer like Hammer. Uh, all those Hammer films that he did. Yeah, yeah, he's Great. my Dracula for sure. But uh, anyway, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody, and until next time, we're ghosts. Good night.